Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. Happy New Year as we go into uh, a year that I hope will be one filled with moments of peace and joy for all of you. We are starting a new sermon series as well, so I'll talk about that in a moment. Let me first start with the passage that we'll be reading. This comes from the book of Exodus. This is Exodus 20, verses 1 through 4, and then I'm going to jump to verses 8 through 11. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. May God's blessing be on the hearing and living out of this word. I apologize. My dog is in the background as I'm recording this and is scratching herself. So I apologize for that sound that I hope will end soon. Well, uh, I mentioned earlier that it is New Year's, uh, close to New Year's Day. New Year's Day, I've mentioned this before, I think, in previous podcasts and previous years. It's one of my favorite holidays. There's a sense of newness. Uh, I kind of like making resolutions, the blank slate of a calendar, all the different opportunities that lay before me. I was looking to see what the top 10 uh, resolutions were, and this is according to GoSkills.com, so I have absolutely no idea how accurate this is, but you can probably guess what a lot of these are. Exercise more, lose weight, get organized, learn a new skill or hobby, live life to the fullest, save more money or spend less money, quit smoking, spend more time with family and friends, travel more and read more. Now, notice the word more in all of these resolutions. It shows up four times. The word fullest shows up once, and then the other four don't mention those two words exactly, but they are typically affiliated with something that somebody has to do, lose weight, get organized, learn a new skill. Now, I've got to admit something here. I am kind of a sucker for achievement and accomplishing things and producing things. There's something called the Enneagram, uh, which I've talked about before. It's described uh, by one person as a model of the human psyche, which is principally understood and taught as a typology of nine interconnected personality types. And so um, my type, there's nine of these different personality types, and mine is called the Enneagram 3, sometimes called the Achiever. And so when that personality type is healthy, that... Threes, according to an Enneagram website, are can and do achieve great things in the world. So, again, this all stems from my liking New Year's Day and wanting to make resolutions and getting things done, achieve certain things. But there's a t-shirt that I've seen recently that's made me stop and think and wonder if maybe sometimes my desire to achieve and get things done kind of goes... Uh, a little bit too far, kind of gets out of hand. The t-shirt says, Jesus took naps, 
be like Jesus, Mark 4:38. And for those who don't know, Mark 48, Mark 4:38 says this. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So, how about this for a resolution? Take more naps. <laughs> I think that's maybe one resolution that almost all of us can get on board with. So, why am I talking about naps, and what does that have to do with our new sermon series? Well, we're calling this series The Rhythm of Life. It is no secret that a lot of us kind of go through life feeling a little overwhelmed, feeling like our life is out of balance. Uh, We find it hard to find peace, and it seems like we can't get everything done that we want to in 24 hours a day. But the response to this isn't necessarily finding just that perfect routine or getting a better day planner. Finding peace might come when we prioritize what we as a staff at Urban Village have kind of emphasizes what we think are really wonderful rhythms of life. And these are rhythms of rest, connection, prayer, and service that we believe God has offered to us to sustain us and bring us joy in the midst of whatever life brings. So let me repeat those rhythms again. Rest, connection, prayer, and service. So we're going to focus on these components over the next few weeks, and we're going to begin with rest, which might seem a little incongruent because maybe shouldn't we talk about rest after we've done the other things? But because we live in a society that places rest more and more as a luxury rather than as a necessity, I think maybe we need to start with rest. And so I'm going to do that here. I came across one study uh, the other day that showed just how little rest we're getting compared, especially to uh, 100 years ago. So in 2013, the average American slept 6.8 hours a night. And compare that to 1910, 100 years beforehand, where Americans were sleeping nine hours a night. So we're literally losing sleep, which is why we want to emphasize rest. So... Uh, Before we talk about rest as it pertains to the scripture in today's passage, let's first talk about what's going on here in um, these verses from Exodus. So we're looking at the Ten Commandments, and this talks about uh, Sabbath, which is the Hebrew word for Shabbat, which means to cease or desist. And the Sabbath comes in at number four. So again, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son, or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. So before we unpack this passage, I'm going to ask people when I preach about this to uh, talk about when you hear the word Sabbath or Sundays growing up for you, what memories come to mind? My hunch is that uh, a lot of people will talk about maybe they weren't supposed to play or do anything or couldn't shop. Certainly church would be part of that. It's changed a lot, certainly in recent decades. But my hunch is, too, that the word Sabbath or Sundays meant no fun. 
that there was a long list of things that you should not do on Sabbath and instead didn't talk about the regeneration and the beauty that can come out of the Sabbath. So before we, uh, let's talk about the whole notion of commandments. Now notice again that Sabbath and rest is a command, which might connote that it's vitally important, but it can also be a challenge for us. Now, we may not be able to get over the fact when we say commandment that that sounds a little harsh, but I think it's important to remember that according to biblical scholar Terence Fretheim, and I'm quoting him here, these commandments are given to an already elected, redeemed, believing, and worshiping community. They have to do with the shape of daily life on the part of those already in a relationship with God. The commandments give shape to Israel's vocation. At the same time, the Ten Commandments specify no judicial consequences for disobedience. Their being obligatory is not conditional on their being enforceable. Their appeal is to a deeper grounding and motivation. These are the commands of the Lord your God who has created you and redeemed you. End quote. So these uh, are not, these commandments are not given as a way to say, do these things and then I'll love you. That's not what God is saying here. God has already made a covenant with these people. This is already a living, breathing, worshiping uh, community. They already have a relationship with God. God is giving them these commandments in order that they might continue to flourish. God has already liberated them. And so in order to really experience liberation, these are the rules of life to follow. Now, I think this goes against so much, I think, of what our society says and maybe what we grew up with, especially if you grew up in faith, where we think that I've got to do X, and if I do X, then Y will happen. There's a book I read recently called Grateful by Diana Butler Bass, and when she talks about gratitude and thankfulness, she talks about the difference, what she says, quid pro quo gratitude and pro bono gratitude. Quid pro quo gratitude, you might have heard this phrase before, it's a set of expectations in which gratitude is an obligation, meaning somebody gives you something and then the person has to repay it. Quid pro quo. Pro bono, instead, is something different. There's no that gratitude is just being thankful for what you have, and there's no expectation that there will be a payback at all. And I think when it comes to our faith, we think so much in quid pro quo. We think if we do this, then that has to happen. I have to follow this commandment because God said so, and I won't get anything out of it if I don't. But what Terence Fredheim reminds us is, no, these are guidelines that God is giving to this community in order to fully flourish. And that includes resting. It includes Sabbath. So let's talk about that. And let's talk about why it's important. It's important, I think, for us to remember Genesis 2.2. So let's go back to the beginning of Genesis, the story of creation, which reminds us, on the seventh day, God finished the work that God had done, rested on the seventh day from all the work that God had done. God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work he had done in creation. So on the one hand, this verse honors work, but it hallows rest. 
So I think there are lots of ways uh, to look at this. But I think on the one hand, we have to, when we honor the Sabbath, we also honor human limits instead of sacrificing them to the never-ceasing demands of productivity. I think we have to ask ourselves, do we have an addiction to productivity, to efficiency? Do we make an idol out of these things? And I think in our society, we have. We live in a 24-7 world. We have access to everything at all times. And I think those unspoken messages say to us that we always have to shop, that we always have to have access to things, that we always have to be on email. Genesis and Exodus, in a sense, tell those of us who are addicted to production, just who do you think you are? God needed rest. And by hallowing Sabbath, we unconsciously tell ourselves or I should say by not hallowing Sabbath, by not hallowing Sabbath, we unconsciously tell ourselves and others that we are better than God. By just pushing Sabbath to the side, by not resting, we are kind of saying that, well, yeah, God needed to rest, but maybe I'm actually more important than God. I think that's something we need to really reflect on. Now, here's the thing. If we take rest and Sabbath seriously, believe it or not, others will challenge you on that, even if they don't mean to. I came across this really interesting blog uh, written by a woman named Trisha Hersey. She started something called the Nap Ministry, and she dubbed herself the Nap Bishop. Here is part of uh, her credo. She says that the Nap Ministry is a meditation on naps as resistance. It is an artistic historical, and spiritual examination on the liberating power of naps. It reimagines why rest is a form of resistance and shines a light on the issue of sleep deprivation as a justice issue. It is counter-narrative to the belief that we are all not doing enough and should be doing more. So in her mind, by consciously, intentionally resting... She is telling the world that tells us that we have to produce, that you're not doing enough, that we have to be busy, busy, busy. By resting, in this case, literally napping, this is resisting those messages. So in November of this past year, she started a month-long Sabbath, and she said that she'd been telling people ahead of time she's not, she could be off social media, she was going to no events, she wasn't going to answer email, She wasn't even going to discuss the NAP ministry, no bookings, no travel, nothing. She hoped she'd be able to catch up on rest, have silence, take lots of detox salt baths, read books, not speak about anything work or career related. Maybe write a little, spend some time with friends and family, and she says total nesting. And one of the things that she learned is that people don't want you to rest. She said that she had to remind 90% of the people who I interacted with during her Sabbath that I was indeed on an intentional break lots of times. People would hear me verbally say it, and then they'd keep talking about work and want things from her. And this is especially for people who were part of the ministry. 
She says, anyone who goes against this pace is living as an outlier and a risk taker. It is warrior style resistance to push back and disrupt this reality. And that all goes back to the fact that our society wants us to continue to produce, to consume. But Sabbath says just the opposite. Sabbath forces us to stop and recognize who, in fact, is God. And that is a hard thing to buy into when those messages are coming at us in so many different places. I remember one summer in, when I was in college, I worked for this explosives company, which I always tell people sounds a lot more dangerous than it actually was. But part of the job was I had to unload boxes. And it was because it was in the summer... And so we'd be unloading these boxes. And there was this guy who was on staff there named Pete. And Pete would just sweat uh, all the time. So like, I think just walking from his car to the workplace, he would be drenched in sweat. And so for whatever reason, he didn't think I was sweating enough. So I would be working, I thought, really hard. But because I wasn't sweating as much as Pete was, he would always get on me about it. He was probably at the time I was, you know, I was 20 years old and he was probably in my memory anyway, he's well into his sixties and he'd always be on me like, you're not sweating enough. And that meant you're not working hard enough. So then I would feel bad and I'd like try to work even harder, kind of hoping and praying that somehow magically I would just sweat more to appease Pete. And I thought about Pete this week because it's that same thing. Those messages come at us when we are resting and all of the different messages that we hear tell us, why are you resting? You should be doing something, whether it's literal work for the workplace or something around the house. Rather than just resting, rather than just being still and knowing that I am God. It's hard, friends. But I think we need to make rest a high priority as a way for us to rejuvenate to remember who God is in our lives so that that allows us to do some other rhythms that we'll talk about in future weeks. We don't introduce these practices. We don't introduce these rhythms for you to feel guilty. Uh, we don't want th these things to make you feel like this is a commandment too. Like you have to do these things if you want to be a good Christian. Instead, we want to introduce these practices to you so that you would perhaps take on some of them so that you would have a, a faith life that flourishes. If you don't do all of these rhythms, nothing bad is going to happen to you. God won't be disappointed. But instead, we introduce them to you so that you can hopefully live a faith life that brings you peace, that brings you joy, that helps you to move into 2020 and that you're able to truly live the abundant life that Jesus promised us. And what a wonderful way to start, and that is by resting, by napping even. And most importantly, remembering who God is in our life. The God, our Creator, worked for, seven, for six days and then also rested. 
And I think we are called to do the same. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening, as always, to this podcast. You can reach out to me, Christian at urbanvillagechurch.org. You can also listen to my other podcasts. You can go to my website, christiancoon.com, and find out uh, more about um, that other podcast there. So, friends, until the next time that we're together, we look at more rhythms of life. May the peace of Christ be with you. My hope, love, and sadness.